This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the MK1 podcast. You're your hope for everything Milton Keynes Dons. I saw a little pod for myself this weekend. Unfortunately, uh, Joey's been preoccupied with some family bits, so it's for me. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about this week, so don't you go anywhere. Cos got Gillian to react to, uh, our January transfer winner business, and a quick look ahead to Barrow for, for those who are lucky enough to go up there. I uh, tried to go up there myself, but at about a good £100 of travel alone, I thought I'd give it a pass, but fair play to all you guys heading up to Barrow, you absolute troopers, and hopefully bring back the three points. So yeah, Gillingham, I mean, oh, it was a it was the best performance, was it? Let's be real. It was quite a tense one. And the, and the podcast title, Generous Jill, was I think it summed it up quite well. Um yeah, it was a really, really especially first half, we had plenty of the football, but Gillingham were just it felt like they were had had the better of us in many ways and our, and our game seemed very out of sync and it didn't really seem like we were getting together and I know there's quite a few few of the newer lads in the midfield, like Lewis Bate, for example. Um, and also Dan Kemp was mostly been, been part of the squad for quite a while um, since his third game back and those two uh, they were looking good but it, looked, it took, took us a little while to get going and you can tell people also getting frustrated with the keeper uh, Philip Marshall which we're going to later on but you know they needed a team talk I think and we've seen it so many times with Don's teams where the first half they're lacklustre they get them into the changing room second half they really go for it and and that seemed to be the case here and whilst despite we we still gave away plenty of chances in that second half to to Gillingham. Obviously, we get the opener uh, through through Jordan Williams, MJ Williams, with a, a lovely little a lovely little volley, which I think on another day probably the keeper saves it. But in this case, we're fortunate to go in. Obviously, Alex Gilby getting the assist. We had a fantastic day on on game on the day, uh, and then we saw obviously Max Dean come off at Ellis Harrison, and that was really the catalyst for the second goal in many ways. Um, obviously, it's a lovely hold up play from Ellis. Which led to uh, Stephen Wern um, laying off Alex Gilby for that second goal, and you would hope the, the sort of dagger in the game, really. But of course, Gillingham get a goal back from a set piece. Um, Marsh makes an initial save, and then the new signing for Jules, Josh Walker taps it in to make it two-one, and a nervy finish. Obviously, they hit the bar as well when it added time, but it certainly wasn't a comfortable one for the Dons, and one where I think most people were very unstadium were very, either very fortunate we got the three points or. In Gillingham's case, felt they were unlucky not to get a single point. But you know, despite the, I think despite the poor team performance, there were some decent individual performances. And, you know, I think Alex Gilby deservedly got man of the match really um, in terms of what he did. 
obviously got the goal and the assists, but besides from that, his passing his passing was top notch. His work rate was top notch. Also, you tell he really wanted the win, and I knew how big big this win was really, um, especially after the AFC Wimbledon game. You know, it's all went good win in that game, but to bounce back again for two or three days later and get that second performance in on back to back is really big, and get those six points, six points in total. So those three home games that we just had, but. But he's absolutely fantastic and obviously had the, the two key passes as well as the two shots on target and that outstanding passing accuracy. For Lewis Bate, obviously he's had a couple of games in the team now to get himself integrated and this is his first start, I believe, or at least first start that I've seen that he actually looked like a you know a player that we've probably seen before against when he played for Oxford and things like that. I felt he really did a quite a good job actually controlling that midfield along with Jack Payne. I think at times in in the season this year we've seen him where he's tried to influence the game and also made mistakes because he's not used to where he needs to go or who he needs to pass to at certain points. But I felt this game, the combination of him and Payne worked really well. And, you know, he, again, uh, despite us dominating the ball quite a bit in terms of Gillingham's play style, letting us control the ball and essentially allow us to make mistakes, I think. Even when he did make the mistakes, I felt, you know, his... His six out of seven ground jewels one showed that whilst he he was potentially giving the ball away occasionally, you know, he had the tenacity and the determination to get the ball back and really try and keep control of the game, which is what you really want from your especially fours, as Matt Williams describes it. Um, you know, make sure that they're the anchors of the team and they're keeping everything upright and so they allows the likes of Gilby, Kemp and and Dean to influence the game as well as many others. Um, of course Stephen Wern came off the bench and assisted that second goal. Really, really impressive. Obviously, it's the first time we're seeing him in a Don shirt after he had a couple. He had a little injury that kept him out of the two previous games. But again, yeah, he came on and looked and looked like a decent little spark actually. And I was quite impressed with how he did. To be fair, yeah, when you look at his stats of you know 14 minutes played on the pitch and having two chances created, one of them being the assist and also having a pretty high pa- high passing accuracy as well. You know, he looks really, really lively. And what you want from your tens, and I think something that's interesting to me with how Williamson likes to use his tens is that they're all quite nippy and like sort of agile players. Obviously, Kemp, uh, Payne can play there. You know, Wern as well, and there's quite a few others where you know they're they're not your traditional like bulky lads hold the play and you know, try and sort of feed in other players. You know, they're they're nimble players who can get free challenges, and whilst they might take a beating, um, they can they can sort of shoulder it on and just keep going and. I think it benefits a lot of the team actually. Um, and it's quite a short team with vulnerable set pieces as, as we've seen the past couple of games. But you know, I think over time and hopefully when it comes down to crunch time in, in April and May, um, if we get to get to May at least, that you know these these sort of little areas can be ironed out essentially, and we can move forward from there. But yeah, I know a lot of people are chatting about Philip Marshall. Um, I think he just needs time. I really do. I think you know. That was, as, as many might sound bad, but that was the best game I've seen him so far. It wasn't an amazing performance, but obviously it's his first league football as a, as a professional. Um, he's still a kid, bear in mind, but I think overall I was, I think it was okay with it. I, I didn't particularly love people fucking ch- um, chanting him to boot that field with just five foot six Matt Dean whatever he is, because what is the point in that? Um, and I get people get frustrated when, say, for example, we have him or a whore have the ball in the box and they're trying to pass it, say, to each other and it gets a bit in a bit of a pickle. But I think ultimately 
as people have said on, on social media rules so that's that's just the way moving forward and we have to get on with it and i get people get restless about this sort of thing of you know sort of providing pressure onto us but ultimately i think that's been a trait of don's teams for years and years and years some people call it a negative trait i understand that um but i think in the future particularly with marshall and williamson that's going to be a, a key trait and I think ultimately Marshall ducked away from that because he could tell that the home fans were getting on his back and in particular they weren't really um, they weren't really enjoying it. Another angle he could say was that Williamson maybe instructed him to not do that anymore. I hardly doubt that. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens against Barrow actually. A, a similar team in approach who are going to let Dons try and play with the football a bit more and try and capitalise on their mistakes. So we'll see what happens with the likes of Marshall, O'Hara uh, and the rest of the team. Obviously, the January window has now slammed shut and Dons did plenty of business in this window. And we've mentioned quite a few of the players, actually. Obviously, we've mentioned about Stephen Wern, um, a sizing player who looks to be hitting the ground running, which is fantastic. That number 10 position. Of course, Lewis Bate coming in, starting to find his feet. Of course, the keeper Marshall, who looks to be the number one heading into the rest of the season. Um, Carbon Lofthouse is a player who haven't spoke about too much um, This for the Jills game, um, mostly because he didn't actually start. But I think... He's still finding his feet a little bit. I think we're seeing we're starting to see signs of what he can be on that right hand side. Um and I think it's a case of him finding his feet a bit more, getting a bit braver on the football. Um and I think he will be eventually be a pretty good signing that we'll enjoy or reap the benefits of heading into March and maybe potentially April also. Dan Kemp came back of course, which you know, he's got his first goal now against AC Wooden and I think he'll be a pivotal player heading into April and May, of course, as well. Uh, and some of the younger lads have come back, like Brooklyn Lunga and Charlie Waller, um, who I would not expect to see too much league football currently. Um, but of course, young lads who potentially might get loans to end the season uh, in terms of non-league. So, and there's a new signing who we spoke about, Emery Tesgell, um, a youth, well, a youth striker in some senses. It's definitely been prolific in the youth leagues for England. Uh, an 18-year-old striker who <laughs> a lot of people were sort of touting as. Um, a football manager gem and a FM legend and to be fair I played a bit of football manager myself I haven't actually used him before but so I was quite keen to see what he was like in terms of the highlights and it's an interesting signing actually because obviously with the likes of with the likes of um, Lecco and Moisa of course both leaving uh, unfortunately John Jonathan Lecco coming back after an injury which is a real shame um, people were sort of crying out for a striker and I kind of got it in some senses, um, people, I said I said on social media, people love goal scorers and obviously, you know, when a, when a guy's banging in, I forgot how many goals it was for the youth leagues and how many assists it was, but it was a pretty impressive amount for his age and it's his first loan as well into, into the sort of the lower leagues. So it's a chance for him to shine, of course, and I think he brings a combination actually of sort of Ellis Harrison's and Max Dean's game. I think from Dean's perspective, it's definitely the work rate's there for sure and He's been operating when he hasn't playing in for Stoke and the, in the youth leagues as sort of a solo sort of striker, which is what he'll obviously be doing in his Don's team as well, which is an exciting time. Um, and I think from a Harrison perspective, the hold up play seems to be there and sort of clever sort of finishes in the box. I think we've seen it more from Harrison as he's got more comfortable in this Don's side. And I think Tezgirl is a combination of both those guys and can actually get more game time than maybe people think he will. Obviously, Dean and Harrison have been too prolific strikers in many senses um, I think Dean obviously especially with the goals but Harrison's like um, you know 
goals per 90 in terms of minutes is through the roof, one of the best in the league. So whilst he's not got the particular minutes, um, definitely got the the output out of his out of the minutes he has been given this year. So it's a tough group to get into. But I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if Tezgill gets a lot of minutes this year. Um and does well with it to be fair. I mean he's got all the traits to do it and seems to be quite a silky finisher who is willing to work for the work for his chances and I think this Don's team again plenty of chances also with the likes of Kemp, Wern, Payne, Baiting behind him, Gilby of course as well. Like there's plenty of tacking output in behind him that can really see him excel on his team and, you know, it, it's it's a good opportunity for a young lad who potentially yeah, he could stay at Stoke for like another four or five months, got like four or five sub appearances, maybe a couple of starts as they till the end of the season, or he could get down a couple of leagues, come to MK and, you know, potentially you know, the upside of there upside of that is huge. So I'm interested to see how he gets on here here. Um so outgoings haven't spoken about, um, but we'll go for them all as well. Obviously Ash Hunter got released, which I mean, he hasn't really played, unfortunately, since Graham Alexander uh, left the club. He's gone down to ASC Fly in the National League. Of course, John Lecco um, went on alone to Burton and, and unfortunately got injured in basically one minute of his debut there and came back and it's season ending, which is a real shame for him. Um, my wife, of course, the big one, going out on loan to Exeter City. Uh, I think everyone knows the quality of Mo. I know he's got picked up a lot of slack um, this season in particular for his performances. Um, I think it's just not a system that suits him, quite frankly. I think for Exeter, we've seen, obviously, we sold a, a striker of ours, Exeter before, and Sam Nombe. Not quite similar players, obviously, but I think I think Mo will absolutely smash the goals in for Exeter and help them achieve their goals this season. And then, of course, yeah, Craig giveaway has gone alone to Stevenage. Um, Dawson DeVoy has gone to Swindon and, of course, scored at the weekend. Uh, and then Dara Burns has gone alone to Shamrock Rovers. So... All in all, I think a pretty impressive window. Obviously, still some TBCs in there. Obviously, the keeper, Philip Marshall, we did say on the podcast that keepers, especially for us, is is always a bit of a grey area. Obviously, we were very blessed having David and Martin for so many years and the sort of consistency he gave us on the most part. And ever since then, besides maybe Jamie coming, we've been sort of looking for that consistent keeper. Uh, and obviously, Philip Marshall was the latest sort of in that line and hopefully he can come good and settle down particularly into February where there's a lot of games and a lot of challenging sort of fixtures for Dons in particular obviously Wern I imagine he'd get, probably get to start sooner rather than later he lets a society player and obviously Tez Gell depending on the, where he gets in the rotation see how he gets on but yeah I think really good position to challenge for top three really obviously we've got to play a lot of them well Mansfield twice so we've got to play Wrexham obviously in the league in a couple of weeks time and uh, Stockport at their place so as well as, of course, Barrett at the weekend and many of the other teams in that area. So we're winning the games around uh, the guys in the playoffs, which is important, of course. Um, you, know, you want to be being the teams in and around you. But as we've seen this season, we've been struggling against the teams who are a bit lower us in the league, fighting for staying there, the division, really. Um, that's the games we also need to win to you know, get ourselves where we need to be and obviously ultimately where I think all the lads think we should be, which is in that top six, at least, maybe in top three or top seven, I should say, sorry, within League Two. Yeah, so Barrow, I mean, I mentioned earlier that they're a very similar team to Gillingham in terms of their approach, and I don't think that I don't think that's a far off assessment. They're gonna let us keep the ball quite a fair bit, to be honest with you. They're gonna match our systems, probably go three four, one, two, or three, five, two. Um Key and Spence being a key player for them getting twelve goals and assists in League Two this season, and a player who I've quite liked for a while actually. I remember watching him before he didn't have a club actually, he got released in Middlesbrough. Um, and a player who I imagine I was quite surprised actually that someone like us didn't go in for. 
Um, again, I think they're going to be a set-piece team. I really do. Um, I think they're going to try and catch us on the counter-attack and try and win fouls in and around the sort of the 25, 30-yard area and try and whip balls into the box and put us under pressure. Um, I think they're a challenging team to play. There's a reason why they are in the league, I'd say. is also Obviously, they have others in the league in, in fourth position, I believe, but they're a team that's very, very resolute and obviously they had a ma- really impressive season last season. I seem to build off that as well. I think Don's we keep mentioning it, but they're going to have to tie it up on their set pieces. Um, you know, Burton, Barra, sorry, Barra aren't really going to press these guys um, at all. They're going to sit back, let Don's have the ball, let Warren O'Hara dribble it from the halfway line to God knows wherever else and hope that they can do something with it and get a, sort of get a chance off that. Um, and I think in the past where whilst we took care of Morecambe, we do a similar style. I think the likes of you know Tranmere and, and Harrogate, potentially we haven't done that in the past. So we to see what happens there. I I feel fairly confident heading into this one. Uh, I think obviously in terms of you know, points per game, we are we are the best team in the league. We're the form team in the league. We're a team that needs to be beaten. I think performance wise, we that's maybe not that reflective so far. Um, I think the fact that we are getting wins in this period shows how good of a team we actually are, and people should probably take more note of that. But in the same breath, we do need to sort of tighten up these performances and hopefully. Um, you know, particularly going into the last stages of the season, really go for that and hopefully see the results also come alongside that. Um, but games like this one, obviously Wrexham coming up, Bradford, um, they're good tests to see where we actually are on the table. Um, not, that the, not that the players or the managers really care about it too much, but obviously as fans, we do. We want to be up there. We want to be fighting for you know, promotions and this team has definitely got all the credentials to do that. Just about putting it all together on the pitch and hopefully continuing this great run of form under Mike Williamson heading into the latter months. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. I appreciate it's a short one. Um, but yeah, hopefully a positive result at Barrow. Um, I'll be watching from probably my laptop here actually, but I will see you next week, hopefully with Joe as well. And until then... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.